With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. I'm Tom Cliff, creator of the world-famous online stand-up bingo, which started out its life at Northampton Town Football Club. Join me every Saturday at 2.15pm on the Cafe Track Facebook page for your chance to be crowned stand-up bingo champion of the world. Every ticket purchased goes towards keeping Cafe Track and Track NN, a social enterprise dedicated to helping people to access work experience and hopefully employment. Buy your ticket now at buymeacoffee.com forward slash cafe track. Make sure you leave your chosen 15 numbers between 1 and 90 in the comment section and then play along live on the Saturday afternoons before the Cobblers game. So go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash cafe track now and get your ticket for the world famous stand up bingo. Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Well, I wasn't expecting that. Welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me, your weekly dose of Cobblers chat. I'm Charles, and before I introduce you to the rest of the team, I just want to say thank you to Tony James and Joshua for signing up to support the pod at patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. And also thanks to Daniel Adams, Peter French, Matt Nicholl, and Rich Dewhurst 
Thank you all of you for increasing your pledges over the last month. We really do appreciate all of your support. If you'd like to join them and get access to our exclusive Slack channel community and loads of extra content, including Danny's monthly quiz, which this week is being hosted by Patreon supporter Malcolm. That's on Sunday the 14th of March. Go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Onto the small matter of the cobblers. And I've got two very, very smiley, smiley, Carol smiley people. That's an old reference for you. It's Lord Danny Brothers and Dame Neil Edgerton Scott. How are you guys? You okay? Lord? Why am I a dad? Where did that come from? I feel like Neil's in a pantomime. <laughs> He's behind you. <laughs> I think the uh, Pompey Defenders could have been done with a few shouts of that. Oh, there, yeah. It's uh, it, it was fun, wasn't it? Let, let's be honest. Let's just crack, get straight crack into on, it. Charles, crack come on, Charles. Come on, crack on. Um, oh, just a, none of us saw that happening, did we? Let's be honest, none of us. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Half expected deal to go. Well, I predicted a nine-all draw. I did. Oh, well, no, seven-all. I think I predicted ridiculously because I've given up trying to predict properly. So. Um, <laughs> No, that was uh, 45 minutes from heaven, wasn't it? Oh, it's delightful. I was just sat there going like, it was only 20, 23 minutes, I think, between the first and the fourth goals as well. It was just felt like just a mad, like, what what's going on? What the hell is going on here? <laughs> like, like you, you score against Rochdale or something and you, you celebrate, but this felt more like a, what the F is going on. Like, literally, I didn't understand it. <laughs> were, you, were you sat there pinching yourself? That's what I was doing for pretty much the whole of the first half. It was just, <laughs> I must be asleep. This isn't real. It was one of them, wasn't it? You just like it just goes in one after other, uh, one goal after the other, and you're like, is this actually happening? Um, against a team like Portsmouth as well, who were meant to be one of the front runners. Well, I know that they know they've had like a few troubles and stuff, but still, you don't expect that. It's nuts. It was that and exciting. They were, they were fifth. It was very exciting. And I would like to watch it again every time yeah. we play. <laughs> <laughs> no, it reminded me of we played um, uh, Swansea uh, when we ah, were in yes. and we beat them four two, and it had that kind of feel to it. And that we were mid table at the time, I think, but and, but Swansea were properly up there, and they're this fairly big sized team on the move kind of thing. And it was like I think it was like that. We I think we were three 0 up at half time, were we? Um, and it was just one after the other after the other and it just kept going and kept going and it, it had that feel to it to me that, that's the game it reminds me of the most it was amazing fun just the whole first half was so much fun oh wasn't was it gonna, fun I, I, yeah I mean I, I quite rightly predicted that the second half was going to be a complete bore fest which it pretty much was I mean I know Pompey got the goal there was a chance I think for Edmondson at one point, a uh, good save from the keeper. But, I mean, essentially, it was we just sat back, didn't we, and didn't really do much else. It was quite nice, actually, wasn't it? It was the, the, the first 45 minutes were clearly fantastic and one of the most enjoyable halves of football that I've watched in a long time. Uh, and the second half was equally enjoyable, but for totally different reasons. We managed it well, in a sense. It wasn't just sitting back. 
was it? It wasn't just like a backs to the wall, let's just defend and hoof the ball down the pitch. We just managed everything about it so well that we thought we might be able to create a chance in it again. There was always the, the chance that something might happen and what, someone might create something. It wasn't just complete and utter backs to the walls, which it could well, it had every right to be against them. Oh yeah, we still carried a threat, didn't we? Albeit obviously not as much mm. as we did in the first half because that they were attempting to. Well, I was going to say throw the kitchen sink at us, but they, they didn't really no, did that a lot. Really, they had a lot I of possession, but they didn't. Yeah, they didn't do much with it, did they? they had a lot of the ball, but didn't do much. Yeah. They threw the um, you know the thing that you you stack your washing on. What's that called? The washing line. No, the you know you're washing up when, when you wash up your, your pots and pans. Well, I've the got a yeah. Got a dishwasher. Yeah. They threw the drainer at us. They got a dishwasher. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they threw the drainer at us, not the kitchen sink. <laughs> but always nice to get an insight into Neil's life. <laughs> I can't work the dishwasher. I've got one. This is where you say, and her name's Polly. Hey, I'll tell you what, how I know that Saturday was exciting was because Polly was sat on the sofa messing around on her phone and she was instantly interested when the second goal went in really really yeah she watched the rest of the first half she gave up in the second half but well, obviously that second half though I, I like i don't mean any sort of disrespect i still enjoyed it because i was like that going before the eleven then four one but you know we're winning comfortably and as you say we are managing the game we are not at no point was i actually worried even when the penalty was given which seems still the softest penalty that I've seen so far this season, or one of them. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think we all, yeah, we all, we all sort of messaged each other, didn't we? Just go and put in the slide, just sort of go, well, here we go. Four all's on. But actually, it it was said in like a jokey way, wasn't it? it? That was never really likely to ever happen. We were, we were fully in control. And the really nice thing to see was that considering we were four nil up, Fraser Horsfall was was so angry that a penalty had been given. And there were lots of other players that, that were really annoyed about the fact that essentially, and this was before the, the penalty was even scored, they were so annoyed that they were going to lose their clean sheet that actually they, they really did deserve to have. I mean, because Portsmouth didn't really have a sniff and, until what they made that that quadruple substitution, didn't they? And was it was it Jordi Hawila or Hurula, however Hawila. you say his name? Um he he flashed one across the face of the goal, didn't he, at, what, a couple of minutes after he came on, but that was the closest that they got apart from the penalty. Well, he should have scored, shouldn't he? Uh, yeah, he, he really should have done. And you expect him to score, or not necessarily him, but you expect a team like Portsmouth to score. Like the one thing for me is that and I still, I still stand by this. After the first five minutes or so, to me, Portsmouth were, were in control and looked technically a much better side than us. Their, their touch on the ball was better. Their passing was more accurate and just seemed like that they could fizz it into each other a bit more than, than we could. And I, I just thought, this is going to be a really long day. And then we just sort of, because we didn't let them really take a foothold into the game in an attacking sense, when you know when when basically we scored that free kick, it completely knocked the stuffing 
out of Portsmouth. And and then of course of course to follow it up two minutes later with the second as well was just well it was game over really. I mean Portsmouth were dreadful after that. It was like they all were at sixes and sevens. <laughs> I don't think they were dreadful at all actually. I, I just think we scored at opportune times and I think like you said, technically they were a good team. They clearly had some good footballers. First sort of ten minutes I thought we might be in a bit of trouble. And and actually throughout the second half they had almost all of the possession and you know they played some nice stuff but they played it in front of us. Mm. Which which made it relatively easy. I think they they lobbed quite a few crosses in and never really got behind as much, did they? And it, it was relatively simple just to let them have the ball, really. And I thought, to coin Tim Oglethorpe, I thought they were a little bit powder puff. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think they should be expecting so much more, though. I thought they were awful in a sense that they their fans should be expecting them to be a lot better than that. That They've clearly got quality players, and it just seemed like the typical, the manager's lost the dressing room syndrome. <laughs> Um, the way that their body language was, the way that they just didn't seem to want to fight for it and stand up and be counted for it. Like to me, it just looked, looked like a complete drop of shoulders moment for them all. Um, I think it. I think it probably helped that their keeper was drunk as well. <laughs> what was he doing half the time? <laughs> I've just watched back before we potted. I watched back that twenty-three minutes, um, but with the away commentary on, and just <laughs> the, here, there, the, the first goal goes in, and they're like, oh, "Okay, we'll go down." As it, as in the, the tone of their voice is like, "Okay, it's only Northampton. We'll, we'll get back into this. We'll be fine." Even though they've, what is it? They've not come back from a goal down to win in two years or something, which is yeah, Easter Monday. I think it's, it it's was, mental. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and. The second goal goes in and they're just like moaning about the defence. Then the, th- the third gun goes in and it's the same kind of thing that um, Horsfall scores from, like the same kind of corner. And Miller, by the way, great corners. Um, but three headers again and just they're not fighting for it. And they, you can see them starting to get worried. You can hear them starting to get worried and more worried and worried. And then by the time the fourth goes in, they're just like, this is disastrous. <laughs> <laughs> like, and they're like calling it the worst first half performance they've ever seen from a Portsmouth team. Um, Guy Whittingham was on the co-coms and he's probably Guy one. Guy Whittingham? That, yeah, he's one that would know more, that, more about that than anybody. So... I mean, it's credit to us, really. What, what bad for, performance is Danny? Is that what you said? Well, no, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's been in and around the Pompey setup for a long time, and he with as a player and whatever. But mm. I think we've got to credit ourselves as much as anything. It was a birthday performance to be proud of, wasn't it, Charles? Oh, it was. happy birthday, Cobblers! Happy birthday! Have, I have mean, a caterpillar it was... cake on us. <laughs> oh, don't Nick! Nick got given a caterpillar cake Easter egg. And, uh, from work and she brought it <laughs> home and I looked at it and just went I can't I can't go anywhere near that <laughs> what, what does that look like is that an easter egg in the shape of a caterpillar or a caterpillar in the in the, the taste of an easter egg in the in the taste of an easter in, egg yeah with the taste of an easter oh. egg is, um, is, it, is it, it like no. a caterpillar shape basically is what I'm asking no it's not it's, oh, it looks like an easter egg but it's um, got like fancy artwork done into the chocolate Dang. I think you know how like you get patterns on Easter eggs. Well, this has got like the face of a caterpillar no, no, on no. it. Yeah, no, Ex- I, exciting I stuff, lads. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> anyway, go back. Well, we should <laughs> save that for our patrons, shouldn't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I thought that the fact that you know it, it was a it was a performance that 
I still I still think I'm a bit speechless about it, if I'm honest. I just wasn't expecting it. I mean, the midweek win against Plymouth was good, but that was excellent against Portsmouth. Just just everything worked, didn't it? I mean I mean I'm not being funny. If you go so this was the I think this was the chance that set up the third goal, so Fraser Horsfall's goal. Sam Hoskins with some sort of magical turn where he <laughs> flicked the ball over his shoulder inside the box to then have a strike on goal that the keeper saves to put out for the corner that that then we scored the third goal. I mean, flipping heck. Yeah, and then it Edmonton, was just like, I think Edmonton tried an overhead kick at one point as well that the keeper tipped over. Yeah, yeah. There was just, I don't know what it was. Just everything was working. Yeah. I uh, I, I, there is still that element of oh no, is that it? Is is this the hope? Is this where we're at now? Is this the you know because we're all on a massive high now, you know. At least we've people got hope. talking about can we stay up and and you know it is going to be really difficult to get us to stay. We've got so many games left to play, and yet it, it feels like. I don't know. In in my head, Danny, I don't know about you, but in my head, I am just worried that we've used up all of our chances and used up all of our good performances in the space of a week. <laughs> That's just being a Coppers fan, though, isn't it? <laughs> I think. I think that, I don't know, it's hard to kind of worry about stuff after that because I think we'd all a week ago given up hope and just like there was no way back and suddenly we're out the bottom four and... <laughs> And we've just put in one of the best best performances of quite a few years. It's it's nuts. Like, and it's just the way they set up the determination, the togetherness, um, just everything working together. It just gives you that hope of, and they've shown now what they can do. And it just that can't drop. Like, it has to keep going. We have to keep putting that in, even if we're losing games. Just keep putting in that. And and to be fair, how to many have, times have we said that? Yeah, but how the, many but times? The difference is we have been doing it and losing as well already. Like we've been playing like that and losing games and dropping points. So it shows a quite a lot of character, I think, to to then go bottom of the league and then come back and keep going and keep doing the same things and not give up on it and keep working at it. I mean. Edmondson completely epitomises everything about that. Like he reminds me of how Oliver was when he first came, and people didn't really understand what he was, and he was just a head on a stick kind of thing. And we thought he was no better than Harry Smith, but last couple of weeks has been outstanding. It's been so good. Like it's been giving us what Oliver gave us last year in terms of the work rate, in terms of mm. turning our minds around. And he he does it by just working his ass off. And um, and if he keeps doing that, and he, he He's got that understanding with Watson as well that them two together are, are a heck of a partnership. Just like there's no reason why, why I can see why it can't carry on. And we, yeah, we're going to lose. We're going to lose games because we've got a tough month coming up. But just keep doing what we're doing. I think we'll be all right. It's that thing. A week ago, Neil, we were all just down in the dumps, certain that, it, that the relegation was looming. And a week later, here we are talking about a fantastic performance, a fantastic result, and we're out of the bottom four. Weird, isn't it? It is. <laughs> I just don't get it. You lot were writing a blog last week, from what I remember. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's where you were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it, yeah, it's the hope that kills you, isn't it? Um, it's nice to have some hope again, I think, and... 
hey, look, I wasn't necessarily massively sold on Brady initially, but he's definitely won me over. I, I thoroughly enjoyed his post-match interview on Saturday. Um, I enjoyed that a lot, actually. And look, <clears throat> I think it is relatively obvious that the players are enjoying it, which is one of the key things, right? And I think it is relatively obvious that the players understand and know their jobs which can only help. Like you say, Charles, we're going to lose a few games still, I'm sure of it. Um, but we've got a chance, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is it, isn't it? Is the fact that... Oh, I mean, like you say, it is the hope that kills you. It's the hope that gets you, you know, building up expectations, thinking, well, you know, we could we could do this. I mean, I'm, I'm the same as you in that, you know, I was... I'm not, I'm not going to say that I wasn't behind Brady. I was. It's just that I, was, I wasn't I was expecting him to still have the job now. And obviously there is the, the thing. He was given the job until the end of the season. That, that clarity has been provided um, and was after the Plymouth, just as, just as you, uh, you predicted, Neil, as soon as we get that win. And there we go. It's confirmed um, till the end of the season. But I wasn't expecting it to be so different. There are, there's, there's always that thing, isn't there? New manager bounce, it's called. And you think that it's going to be like, um, you know, essentially new, new man comes in, new person comes in at the helm and he'll, he'll G the players up a little bit and he'll get them sort of working in a slightly different way, slightly different mindset maybe, or something like that. But ultimately, the way that the way that the players and the team perform stays pretty much the same, and after a few games, it basically just ends up going sort of back to where it where it had been, maybe slightly better than where it had been under the previous manager. But you know, it never stays up. Whereas, how many games has John Brady been in charge now? And okay, there was a dip against Swindon last week, but more or less, we've been watching performances that are just. They're completely different, aren't they, to what we saw under Keith Curl, tactically and the mentality of the team as well. I think we're mixing it up really well. I don't think there's a set style to it. It's just everyone's working hard to, to do it and to do things at the right time. Like we're pressing at the right time. We're putting long balls forward at the right time. Like the the, the four goals, you can argue, all came from either a set piece or a long ball. Like the three corners and then one who from McWilliams that the goalkeeper completely messes up and gives it to Hoskins. who just produces one of the most incredible moments of his career again, like out of nowhere. Like Hoskins <laughs> just turns into this magician now and again, like once or twice a season. Um, but the, like the style stuff, it, it just didn't seem there was one, but I think that's fine as well. Like it's not, you can't really pinpoint what it is that's, that's working so well, but um but it is. It's not like we're we're playing for set pieces, but it's not like we're passing out from the back and playing tiki-taka either. It's just everyone's working their bollocks off for it. But the question that I've then, that leads me to, Neil, is, I mean, we were, all three of us, I think we were, we were always behind Keith. And, and I think it's fair to say that we're always behind any manager, whoever it is that is in the dugout. We're always fully behind them and, and support them until we basically can't anymore, which is what really happened for me, at least. I don't want to speak for you guys, but you know, the, the only time where I actually was proper, like, no, that's it, it's time to go, was the Wigan defeat. 
but it leads you to think, why are they doing it now? Because it's the same group of players. Why couldn't they do this for Curl? Well, there was an interest in, I don't know if you saw um, Horsfall's interview. If you I, I saw the bit where, the, the comedy bit, where he talked about going in at half time and then and, and everyone saying, right, it's, it's nil-nil and, and him going, well, it's not. <laughs> yeah, what was he saying? <laughs> I'm just thinking, mate, it's not. <laughs> yeah. That's what he said. Yeah, um, well, but it's not. We're falling off. Get the champagne out. <laughs> it's that, that's a Sunday football thing, isn't it? Sunday league yeah, football. Yeah, yeah. Used, to, used to go a couple of, come on, lads, it's still nil nil. No, it's fucking not. <laughs> Dickhead. <laughs> We always used to have that because we were losing about 20 nil at the time. So that was our like, it's only nil nil. We're like, no, no, it's really not. It's not. No, we're we're getting battered. (laughs) If we we walk off now and and don't come back, then we'll get a better result than we will by going back out there. Is that what you did? (laughs) I think a lot. There was one game where about six people walked off. So I think that so was I think you know I think the to, to, to Horsfall's interview there's a bit at the mm. bottom uh, where he mentions this is on the Cron website where he mentions uh, John Brady and he actually says it's <clears throat> excuse me it's been brilliant with the gaffer during the week we work on the opposition and we work on ourselves and I think you could see that on the pitch especially in the first half everyone is gelling there's loads of freedom and it's coming off for us we're all working for each other it's not like that hasn't happened all season but the new manager coming in has given everyone a lift and it's like a fresh start you can definitely see that on the pitch so I think there's a couple of things in there isn't there <clears throat> certainly the freedom element yeah is they were shackled under Keith Curl they, they were blunted if you will by his his approach and John Brady himself said that after a few games didn't he that not that basically they've not been allowed to think mm. um and as a footballer nobody like I think I said this before on the pod but nobody starts playing football to play football that way no you, you just you just don't you, you play football because you enjoy playing with the football not <laughs> just lumping it as far as you can or never touching yeah. it basically so um, i think you're seeing an element of that and you're going to get more out of the players the more they enjoy it right yeah i think, yeah. I think the problem keith had was that he kind of had to start again didn't he after the playoff win and it, it got to the point last don't season you where, defend him danny <laughs> he's got to the <laughs> point um in the playoffs where everyone had started had started to believe in him and he's got a leader in there in charlie good he's got someone up front in Vidane and everything's clicking for him and he, it's finally got to that point where it was in the summer he had to kind of rip it all up and start again and, and get another group of play, players to start believing in what he was doing and it was just that step too far i think for him so um i just don't I don't like the way that because because of the fact the fact is is that all of us did turn around and, and and we were very much sort of like going. We I remember the conversation that we had Neil on the pod, which was about how you know Keith Curl is getting them to play this certain way because he feels that it's the best way or the best chance that we've got. He was wrong of winning. Well, exactly, he was wrong, um, as, as is quite clear. Now, the as thing were, that that were many supporters, by the way, maybe including us at times. We, well, this is what I, it kind of leads me on to going and saying is that you know, well, you know, do do you think that it's just blinkered support that maybe we were giving? Yes, I, th- I think it's look. I think it's natural. I think there's an element of you, you sometimes believe what what spin you're given from a manager, right? And if a manager's saying that, 
you know, look, he's best positioned more more than I am to to, to tell me that this is the best way to get it out of them. He, he sees them in training. He sees them day in day out. I see him once a week on the on the pitch, right? And, mm. and I'm, I mean, and I'm not even allowed to be there at the moment. It's watching it on telly, which is never actually give a tr- as, as true a reflection as it is when you're watching a match live because you d- you don't see everything. So I think there's an element of look, you put the trust in the manager and uh, I think in Keith Curl's situation, he'd, he'd earned that trust because he'd got us promoted and he'd had those couple of good performances. But there was that always question, that question always hung over under the Keith Curl regime, didn't it, about the style and stuff and how it didn't quite sit right. And, you know, I think it's not for us to decide. Um, we're not best placed, I guess. We don't see the players day in, day out. Do you, do you feel a little bit... Um... Do you feel a little bit like you were fooled at all, or, or do you feel foolish at all for having not, you know, not wanted a change and not wanted, you know, to be, you know, getting this what we're getting now beforehand? No, I did want to change, Charles. Okay, I, I'm trying. Basically, what I'm trying to because we defend and we did. You know, defended Keith for a long time. I just, I wonder. You know, are, are you, I don't know. I don't know whether I really want to have the conversation now. Actually, I don't know. it just it just ran its course for me. I think, with, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, there's an just, obvious it, situation, right? The obvious thing, you know, is. <laughs> some people will be right. Some people will be wrong and some people will be in the middle and that's okay. Um, but I think we should talk about John Brady anyway, not Keith Cole. Yeah, fair enough. No, that's absolutely fine. Keith in. <laughs> Get out, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Keith in. Uh, he might be in at Oldham soon by the looks yeah, of things. Sure. Uh, um, um, so, because I mean, I know me and Danny have been, been back with you the preview show um, that came out on Friday. Um, but John Brady has got the position until the end of the season. Now, you were one of the people that... I don't, I don't want to say that you didn't want him to have the job, but I think you were looking for a, a more experienced manager, maybe. Um, or at least you were looking for the clarity, which we've now got. Clarity was the key thing for me, mate. Um whether it was Brady or whether it was an experience, I, didn't, I wasn't too bothered who it was. Obviously, I had some people that I did definitely didn't want it to be. Um, <laughs> I wasn't, uh, uh, yeah, I wasn't totally sold on Brady purely because of the results, and it's a results business. However, it's impossible not to be now. So I was probably wrong slightly in that bit, but I, would, I just wanted the clarity, and we've got that clarity now, right? We've got, we know where we're at until the end of the summer. Or, or till the summer and then go from there, evaluate what league are we in? How's it gone? Do they even want it long-term? I assume they probably will do, but um, all signs are positive at the moment in that respect, I think. What did you make of the um, statement, if you like, Danny, that came out from the club in regards to giving Brady the, the what, what would we call it? Would we call it a medium-term um, it's kind of, yeah. So they've kind of said that it's going to be to the end of the season and they've got a medium term plan, haven't they? Um, so trying to get, stay up, but then they've got, they've, they're trying to work on a medium term plan that might involve some sort of restructuring or something. So I'll be interested to see what happens there over the summer. But <sighs> you just think if Brady keeps us up, which would be pretty much a miracle still in my eyes, how can you not give it to him? 
and how can you not how can he not be our manager at the start of august rightly you know how <laughs> how can he restructure around that i you yeah. just don't don't you can't you can't keep us up and then say oh off you go then or go back to the U team or whatever it it wouldn't make a lot of sense so it, the interesting bit to me was the was the medium term stuff and he's saying he spoke to quite a lot of people um, and had a lot of conversations about the medium term um, and it's is all this kind of thing like style of play and support staff all come into it and stuff um, so that's going to be a really interesting thing to, to see what happens over the summer in terms of the bigger picture, which I think we've all been wanting for a long time into like an actual plan and a vision that lasts more than let's just stay up and, and hope for the best kind of thing, or let's go up and then deal with the stuff afterwards. It's, 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 it's the stuff that we, we want to be the next step for this club, I think, and hopefully it'll all be positive. The, pr- the proof will be in the pudding for that, won't it? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. To, to, to coin a phrase because yeah look it's something that needs to happen for a while it's not been something that necessarily i think i think it's fair to say it's not some, been something that we've necessarily pushed and spoken about much and stuff but it is a bit of a no-brainer and it, it, the time is probably right to do that and for me i, I just want to see what that looks like and i know obviously it's not it's not it's not an urgent thing right this moment and it's been pointed to being looked at in the summer and stuff I just, I just hope it is, and I hope we don't fall back into our bad ways, shall we say? I think I don't think we're really any different from any other football club, to be honest with you. Because what what always happens in football is that you'll get a manager that comes in, and let's say that that manager is then successful. That manager is then looked at by bigger clubs that are in divisions that are higher up the pyramid that are then either poached or they then, you know, the other option or the other thing that happens is that the managers just run their course like Keith has basically, you know, and he, he, they can't go around and, um, uh, you know, recreate that success again with a different squad of players at the same club. And then what happens is, is that the club look at a different direction because essentially the direction that they've been going in for the last six months, let's say, hasn't been working. So then there is a change. I don't think we're any different to any other football club in that respect. I really don't. I mean, Kelvin Thomas was quite clear, wasn't he, on the interview, if you've watched the, I think it was a YouTube video, where he said that, you know, there is a, uh, there is a kind of a, a philosophy or a plan. There is that that going on it's just that the the people that are doing those jobs there isn't like a, a particular but like a there isn't a technical director but people like the manager the head of recruitment and, and other people around the football club they they kind of pick up those or parts of what would be a technical director role so i don't think it's necessarily something for me where i look at it and just go um oh, this is going to be completely, you know, completely change and overhaul the way that the club is, you know, run in terms of from its footballing aspect. I, I think it's it's just turning around. And I, if I'm being honest, I think it's more just a case of trying to, um, trying to appease people who bang on about it all the time. If If we're not any different to any other football club, then that should probably point at us to to look for look for these things and to look to try and change perhaps and be trendsetters if you will and 
I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> Thankfully, it's not my job. Um, but it's KT on TikTok. <laughs> it doesn't look like we are on TikTok, by the way. Well, I, I tell you what I saw the other day. I was, this is going off on a tangent a little bit, talking about trend setting, shall we say? There's a we are influencers. There's a break. There's a there's a, there's a different American Football League which I I stumbled across uh, during one of my late night YouTube rabbit holes, and um. Essentially, it's fan-owned. It's fan-owned American football, and what that means is you you basically pay a fee, and you own a bit of the team. There's only four teams. It's it's early days. Um, you own a bit of the team, but you get to you get to pick the team. You get to pick the plays they make during the game. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine? Are they, are they all called Ebb's Fleet United? <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. Wait, it's not. Yeah, I can't remember what they're called. There's some odd M Sweet Eagles. It's uh, but there you go. Let's let's try that. <laughs> Can you what? imagine <laughs> on Twitter? Right, vote. Who takes the next penalty? Oh, Eddie, I don't do that. Poor old Sam won't get a look in. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there is a there is a serious element, isn't there? There, there is. There's a lot of conversations going on at the moment about sort of finances and football and all that sort of stuff, which I think is a fair conversation. I don't think, mm-hmm. I think football as a whole probably needs to look at itself a little bit. Um, and, I, and I don't mean specifically the cobblers. I just think in general. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I think there is a, a chance. I think, I think what, what my feeling is, where I'm at with it and stuff, is that I think it, it feels like or it's certainly starting to feel like, and I know it's very, very early days. It, it's starting to feel like we've got a bit of a chance here to, mm-hmm. to perhaps to perhaps start something a bit special. And what, what I mean by that is, in the past, generally our managers have had no connection to the club, mm-hmm. and, and that's not the sole reason why you should appoint a manager. By the way, however, if it's working, then you absolutely should. Um, how many times as as Brady said in his interviews, I love Northamptonshire, I love this club, all that all that sort of stuff. That's great. I love that sort of thing. You've got Samo, who obviously loves the club. club. Rico, you know, look, we gave him his, his proper chance in, in the league, so he obviously loves mm-hmm. the club. And, and I just think there's, there's that chance in the summer, if, if things go well, f- I mean, obviously if we lose the next 12 games or whatever, then we'll probably be having a different conversation. <laughs> but if things go well enough, it, it does feel that you know, we could be in a position if we manage to stay in League One. And Danny, you're right with what you said that there's, if we stay in League One, there's absolutely no reason why Brady shouldn't get the job permanently. It'd be incredulous to think otherwise. Um, and it's just, it, it, if that happens, I think we we have to grasp that opportunity, and we have to look at it and say, right, this is our chance here. We've got three people involved in the managing of the football club who care. And whatever you say as a as a manager, all managers will care. But whatever you say, if you're linked to that football club in any way, shape, or form from a previous for whatever reason, you're going to care more. Mm-hmm. It's going to mean more. You're gonna you're gonna put more in. It's going to hurt more when it when you lose. Mm-hmm. And I, I just it just starting to feel a little bit like and I, and I, and I don't mean purely just because of the, the the Portsmouth result, by the way, but it's just starting to feel a little bit like, okay, look, you know, we've got these guys in charge. They care about the club. We we can all relate to them. We're thinking and talking about, you know, the culture and the future. You know, we're going to have that. That's going to be looked at properly and stuff. It, it it just feels to me like there's a real opportunity here. And I don't want to see us, like you said, I don't want to see us go around in circles again. 
It's that um, succession planning as well. I think what you talked about um, managers going, Charles, but I think what I want to see really is what them thinking more about what happens if, like what happens if this manager goes at the end of the season because he's done so well, not just, oh, Chris Wilder's gone, let's, you know, find someone, oh, Rob Page, stick him in because he's done okay at League One. Let's, I, I, it's difficult to do, but just, just to get in place like a plan where if a manager goes, if a top scorer goes, what's next? If is there somebody in the background that's going to be assisting him, or like John Brady was in the youth team, like learning about the club as they go? Like they've been there three or four years, and then they're just like you slot into the job and carry on the work that he was doing because it's been successful so far. Like that kind yeah, of thing. That, that's than, okay when it's successful, but when it's not. But the, but then they're already buying into the club and the way that the previous manager's done it and the way that they're playing, and you know the difference between Chris Wilder and Rob Page was so big and so vast that it's just like we just started again mm-hmm. and I, I completely see what you're saying and I, I do agree with, with what you're saying there but I, I still go back to the point that when it isn't successful anymore you know what what do you do then because actually at that point when it's not successful then you do need to make a change and it, it may be that it's a change in um playing philosophy let's call it that or playing style but i, I, mean, I don't I, think you can have i don't think you can have a a culture of this is our our style this is the only style uh, we play i don't think you can have that i think it, it needs to be fluid you need to have that that ability to, to flip between styles where it's required and stuff i don't think you know apart from man city i don't think any other club has this is our style and this is what we do from, you know, age six through to the first team. I don't, uh, you know, they're, they're obviously different. They've got a lot of money, by the way, so it makes it a lot easier. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you can put your hat on it and say, right, this is the only formation we'll ever play or this is the only style we'll ever play. What I, what I think you can do is have a philosophy behind that. I don't know what that philosophy is, by the way. <laughs> I was, was going to say, so what do you mean by <laughs> your new a philosophy back? behind it? So you uh, feel uh, philosophy you... signing in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Get him in. Get him in. No, but you, you can have a philosophy, can't you? You can have a, you know, uh, key points, I don't know, like a mantra or whatever you want to call it that you go by. And, and I think Danny is right. Uh, I think you, you do need that forward planning and you do need to think about, you know, what if. You know, look, what if, what if we, so for example, right, we stay up, we stay up in league one this season. Brady does a great job, keeps us up 15 games in, we're top next season. (laughs) But no, just, yeah, I know it's, it's, it probably won't happen, but 15 games in, we're top. We're a few points clear. Everything is absolutely flying. Uh, Newcastle, I just. Newcastle out of nowhere, right? They've been they've been relegated from the Premier League into the Championship. They come knocking on the door for John Brady. It's an opportunity for John that John Brady can't turn down as much as he loves cobblers. He's going to be getting paid ten times more, whatever it may be, right? So he he obviously off he goes. Big new job, fancy. We need to have that next plan. So that's where you're right, Danny. I think you need to have. It's almost like having a. It sounds ridiculous, but almost like a production line, right, of internal people that know the club and are linked to the club and like only the obvious example here would be right Rico by then is he is he going to be ready but then after Rico who's after that I suppose it would also depend I mean out of all of that first of all the the, the most likely 
thing to actually happen is Newcastle getting relegated. <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. Also, yeah. No, no one wants Mike Ashley knocking on their door. So that's no, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Point, yeah. <laughs> Come away, Mike. I get what you're saying, and maybe I'm going a little bit too um, too narrow into this, but there's a part of me that would go, well, actually, it's Brady, Rico, and Samo are a team. So maybe if somebody did come knocking for Brady, then then at the very least, John would want to take with him the stuff that he's been working with. Potentially, I'm not saying you know I am going far too much into that. There's no, no, you're no right. He, much, he, he probably you, would, but surely you are changed. right. Is what I want to say. You are right in okay. that. What is the next bit? Where where do we go from there if that happens? But I don't that's... think necessarily that when it comes down to the player side of things. So if you look at it and go. Um, what if a you know a, a goal scorer leaves the club, or what if a defender leaves the club? Then there, there should be, you know, written down a list of names in terms of yeah, who they would want to go and get. I mean, I, I will say this right now: clearly, that wasn't done properly in the summer. Charlie Good leaving, Vidane Oliver leaving, you know, not being able to get Callum Morton back on loan. Um, who else left? Alan McCormack. Well, the rest of the defence, obviously, as well. There clearly wasn't the succession done properly, you know, in, in, in terms of that. But then again, as much as I, I, as I, it will be a broken record saying this, I, I do think that COVID and, and the effect that it had on finances played a major part in all of that. Um, but, you know... I, I can see it and I can I can understand it from the playing side of things a lot easier than I can, or I think rather that it's a lot easier to implement that succession plan on the playing side of things than it is on the management side of it. I get what you're saying, like if there's somebody already within the club who then takes the step up, because I think that's what, was that what uh, Huddersfield tried to do after David Warner left? David um, Warner? Well, David what, Wagner? What, Wagner, is that his name? Wagner, you. Whatever. Australian batsman. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey's, Mickey's dad. Mickey's dad, exactly. Yeah. I but to your I'm point, saying. Charles, it, it it it's hard to do if you don't do the forward thinking and the forward planning, right? Because if yeah. you if you're in your head are sat there thinking, okay, look, we've got John Brady in charge as an example. It used to be youth team manager. Let's let's look for someone to lead that youth team who has aspirations of becoming a full-time manager in the Football League and let's mould them and give them that chance to say, this is your chance, show us what you can do with these. When there's an opportunity, you'll be first knocking at the door. I, I just think, and, and it might it's obviously not that simple and it's obviously not that easy, otherwise everyone would be doing it all the time, right? Mm. Um, but it's just that sort of thinking and that sort of stuff that I really want us to be looking at moving forward. And I think even whatever whatever happens this this season, even if we do get relegated, that that's a good conversation to be having in the summer about the you know the structure of the football club and and what's going on and and how we look at things and stuff. And that look that might even include outside investment. We don't know, do we? Like we, who knows? Hmm. Is this um, are we leaning towards therefore saying that what we actually want? is a head coach rather than a manager? Uh, I'll be honest, I don't really care. Um, Head coach. (laughs) No, yeah, no, I know. I just sort of think things. Yeah, well, well, that is it, isn't it? As long as we're winning. And that's what it all comes back to every single time. And when you're not winning, 
the fans demand a change, and then eventually the the board demand a change. And is it, it isn't just the change of the person who's doing it. They want fresh ideas. They want a new perspective on it. They want, that. and that's the thing that I where I look at it and go, it's going to be incredibly hard for us as a football club, and I, I don't just mean us, I mean every other football club as well, it will be incredibly difficult for them to get out of that cycle of just making a change. Think of it like the way that elections work. Every four years, you basically are voting to change what's been happening for the last four years. There is no continuity on in, in terms, you know, that's that's what elections are fought on. They're fought on change. And that's exactly the same when it comes down to a manager getting sacked. People want change. But that they don't change. necessarily always get it. Don't get that me don't start me off, Charles. <laughs> no, I know. I was gonna say, you know, last ten years, you don't always get change. But you know what? But you know what I mean? My my point is is that that is what people want and fans want. They want change and they want to be winning football matches. That's the ultimate thing that they want to change, obviously, is that we want to be winning football matches again. But in order to do that, that may well mean that we actually have to go a completely direct, different direction. But isn't and that... It's going to be hard to get out of that cycle. I disagree. Because you, you put your hat on it and you commit to it, right? And and you, you don't have to like for the example I was using, you know, you don't have to appoint the youth team manager. If he's, if that's not the right person at the right time, you go out and you find the right person that fits in to what you're building at the football club and the right person that fits in to the culture and the ethos and, and, and all that sort of stuff, as opposed to Keith Curl. <laughs> I, I think though that it, it, it would be easier it, it would be easy if it was a company and the only people that you know had a say in what was going on were just the people that ran it but when it comes to a football club you've got thousands of fans who are screaming their heads off hopefully inside a stadium they're they're they're, they're putting their caps lock on on their phone when they're on twitter you know, hashtag manager out and all of that sort of stuff. It's yeah, not as easy as <laughs> <laughs> it's not as easy. You know, it, it, fine. Calvin Thomas and, and James Whiting, they can both go and say, right, this is what we're going to do from now on is that we're going to go with this kind of manager that, that play, not necessarily, but I, I you know, I, I get what you're saying about playing style. That doesn't have to be, you know, it's not a case that we turn around and dictate, or oh, you've got to play four, three, three or anything like that. But you know, it, it will be a lot easier for Kelvin and James to go and say, this is the kind of manager that we want or that the manager that we have must fit into this philosophy. But when they're not doing well, and, and, and to also say, by the way, that if that means that actually for the next little while we don't do very well, we just have to stick with it because we know actually that in the long term, this will be the best thing to happen for the football club and it will bring success. But in the meantime, we're losing matches and let's say that there's six games lost in a row, we'll be calling for the manager's head. But that, that's, that's all about how you, how you sell it and that's all about how you set the expectations and that's all about, and I, I hate this phrase, but that's all about going on a journey together. And, and it's so cheesy and it's such a horrible phrase. But this is the sort of thing that, it, as a supporter... I'm the first to throw my toys out of the pram when we lose a game and 
tell everyone they're crap and all that sort of stuff. That's just because I'm a reactive football supporter, right? If I've been told by my football club I support, this is what we're doing, we're building for the future here. Yes, we might not have a particularly successful season. Next season might be something similar, but we're building here for long term and we're building to try and properly, properly progress this football club. I, as a fan, I'm going to be so much more receptive and so much more understanding if we do lose some games here or there and we do look pretty poor in, in places. There would obviously become a point where, you know, you've lost 15 games in a row now. Come on, this is not working. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was going to say, what happens if you get relegated? And not, and not just from League One. But what conference. happens if you end up into the conference? I, that- I, I, I would I would be right right now. I will say this is that if that happened, or if that was going, if it was going that way, that it wouldn't matter how much people turn around and said we were going on a journey. I'd be replying, going, "Yeah, to bloody <laughs> the wrong way, Wealdstone or somewhere." <laughs> But you know, look, lovely place, Wildstone. I, 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 um, I think. <laughs> I don't know where it is. It's London, isn't it? Um, I think you. I, I think there's an element that's a risk. It's a risk, and and essentially where we're at at the moment is we we play it safe to to the best of our ability, right? And what I mean by that is we do what's always been done, and mm-hmm. we we try and survive in the league. We try and we get up into this league. We try and survive. We try and fight our, our corner. It's, it's difficult times and stuff to, to build something and to probably, you know, go for something moving forward. You, you absolutely need to take that risk. And if we, if well, you have to have confidence and convictions in what you're doing. Right. And I think if you have that conviction, if you have that confidence with what you're doing and if you get everything right behind the scenes, I don't think relegation from the football league becomes a, a concern because you, you know, you're doing things right and you've got the, the setup right i think if you're in that situation something's probably not right and, and something's wrong is a really shit way of explaining it <laughs> it's good to see kelvin talking about it though to be fair so because i think he gets a lot thrown at him that you know he's, he's not in for the long term and things like that and this clearly is him coming out and saying look we're going to make a plan and, and let's let's see where we can go over the next few years it's and that that says to me a lot as well that he's actually planning to think about stuff it's what you it's want from point, an owner, that. right? Yeah, yeah, mm. for sure. That is a good point, to be fair, because obviously a lot does get said. You know, I mean, it's, uh, technically, the football club is, uh, well, uh, they're at least on the market for investment, if not to be actually sold for a new oh, owner. Big news on that, Charles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, big news. Big news. Oh, oh, it's, not, oh, it's not far off, because I have invested £10 into some Bitcoin. So <laughs> watch this space, guys. <laughs> oh, that's watch brilliant. this space. I absolutely love it. I mean, you're five years late, but you know. Yeah, no, I understand that. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Ten pound into Bitcoin. Blinking. No worry. We're getting Charlie Good back, everyone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that water park is coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I, I mean, it, it's that thing, isn't it? Of like, you know, because Kelvin has has never come out and said, you know, that we're we're not off the market, so to speak. Therefore, it's always levied back against him. Well, he doesn't want to be here because you know the club's up for sale. I mean, it's the same as any player, isn't it? Especially at our level, you know, no player is not for sale. If if somebody comes in for the with the right price, 
then that player will be sold. And, and if somebody came in with the right price for the owners for the football club, then the football club will be sold. But you are completely right. To actually hear him say that there is a plan that isn't just, you know, let's make it to the, the end of next week. That's a really positive thing to hear. Um, can I pick you up on yeah. something? Of course you can. I mean, I'm heavy, but go for it. I've been working out. It's fine. <laughs> I haven't. Um, just on the every player is for sale thing. Well, apart from Sam Hoskins, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I think every player probably is for sale. You're right. And I understand what you're saying there. But the caveat, I think, to that is that is also a little bit of forward thinking and also a little bit of speculating to accumulate, if you will. And because what, what frustrates me, and I totally understand why we have to do it to keep keep the club running but we never ever see the best of players really you know when they start doing well with us it's it the instant chatter is how long till they're sold where they're going who's who's going to be interested in what level do you think they can play at and stuff what i would really like to see is selling the club to those players to, to take us where to, to to where we want to get to and i know money will come into it and, and i get that and I know wages will come into it if you're getting offered 1500 quid a week by us or you could go and join someone in the championship for, for seven grand a week or whatever. It's probably a no-brainer, isn't it? But there must be a way around it and there must be some stuff that can be done around that sort of stuff to try and to try and keep hold of those players for a little bit longer to, to try and get us to where we want to get to. And I, and I think sometimes, in a way, the, the club does shoot itself in a foot in its own, in its, well, no, that's a, I've lost that saying, haven't I? Um, <laughs> whatever I'm trying to say, that the club can sometimes be a little bit too nice to some players, which, which sometimes I think trips us up a little bit. Like, like so if we take Charlie Good for an example, you know, he came in, uh, Keith Curl, I think, did say this at some point where basically he said that the conversation that he had with Charlie Good when he signed, you know, permanently was um signed for us we'll we'll get you up to a point where you know you'll be wanted elsewhere and we will improve you and we will therefore get your career going higher and higher and that's the way that you know the the, the contract was kind of sold to him was essentially this is a stepping stone for you yeah. you saying that therefore actually what we want to do is is stop using our, our, ourselves as a football club as a stepping stone and actually saying that, you know, we want you to come into the club and we want you to take us to the championship. Yep, 100%. Because essentially the problem with being a stepping stone is we will always be a stepping stone and we will always go around in circles like we are doing. We'll always bob up and down in the water. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, and, and I know that's difficult. You, it may mean you don't always get the targets you want to get and stuff, but you want people here that want to take you there and want to get you to that 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 place where as a club you want to get to. And, and look, I'm not naive enough to to, to think that it, the majority of the time it comes down to money, right? That's the biggest problem. I, I will say on that point, actually, if we, if we look at it and we go talking about outside players, like, so for instance, Charlie Good signing, coming in from Scunthorpe at the time, um, then, then yeah, but... If you look at, just to take an example of another club that, that essentially does exactly what you're saying, but with its own products, crew. Crew take the, you know, youth products come through every year for crew or, you know, a lot of the time come through. And they do tend to stay with crew to get them to 
maybe not the next level in terms of the next division every single time, but they, they take them to a, a particular level and then they go on and get sold. And they're getting sold to big clubs every time. I mean, obviously, Perry NG, one of Danny's favourites, hey. went to Cardiff back in the January transfer window. Perry um, NG. Who else is uh, Was it Westwood? Not our Ashley Westwood. Yeah, it? they had an Ashley, Ashley Westwood. Westwood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he, I mean, he ended up at Man United, didn't he? At one point, I don't know if that was the move crew to Man U. I've got a feeling he that might. But Nick Powell, he was. He definitely went to Man United. Uh, David um, Platt was another one, Charles. David Platt. Yeah. <laughs> but the, I, I know it, absolutely. You, you, you're completely right to mention old Platty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, not, the one, not the one from Corey. <laughs> get her in. Get Gail was fuming. Um, yeah, no, I just think that, you know, there is that thing. I mean, we we may be actually, because if you look at the way that our academy is, is going, I mean, okay, I don't think that we're maybe on the same sort of wave, wavelength as, wavelength's not the right word at all, but we're not on the same level as crew. I don't think in terms of the amount of players that come through into the first team and stick in the first team. Um, well, part of the problem with that is, is, is this bloody, the way the football set up is most of the big clubs nick them before they even get to your first team. Yeah, but crew, crew still managed to have a good number of players coming through. And by the way, I'm not trying to say that we don't, the cobblers i'm just saying that crew definitely have more come through yeah and make it um but they still survive they will still have players that that disappear under the fffpppp or whatever the thing's fucking called um you know or, or, but they still get players actually coming through into the first team so while yes that is definitely a factor and is something that is a huge disadvantage for clubs like us there are still players there that, that will make it through. I mean, I know that there's still the whole thing around a contract and, and whether actually he is good enough, but Chuck Wemaker is the latest example of it. Um, other players have come through, um, you know, namely, and I will name him, uh, Ivan Tony. Looks like he might even be uh, attracting interest from Arsenal at the moment. I mean... There are players that, that, that can come through from our youth team despite FPPP and or whatever it's called. Crikey, I don't think that's right either. But anyway, you know, there is that there and there is a chance that it could happen. I mean, that for me would actually be the what, what I would like to see more of is us really looking at our academy and really looking to try and get those players. And I think that's what... John Brady has been doing in his role at the academy. And that's one of the reasons why I still actually think, yes, getting to the end of the season and we stay up. But I still kind of don't want John Brady to be manager next season. Not because I don't want him to be manager, but because I actually don't want him to ever get to the position where we're calling for him to be sacked. Charles hates John Brady. Oh dear! No, I, get, I get your point. Uh, yeah, no, I know, mate, and I, and I get the point on that. But I think that's where you have that. That's for them and and you know the the, the board mm. to sort out, right? You have some sort of guarantee that, like like they've said at the minute, you know that the, they've already said there'd always be a role for them and, and all that sort of stuff. So I think 
that hope. Yeah, but that's only until the point that he gets given the manager's job and that is his job. But as I soon think- as he signs a contract to be the permanent manager of Northampton Town Football Club, if he's rubbish and he then gets the sack, they won't just turn around and go, right, you can have your academy job back now. But th- that can be written into the deal, right? That, that there's no reason. Oh, that, that's never going to happen. You're never going to have, because it, it is essentially right. always going to be a breakdown in relationship as well. Not necessarily. There's Not always, if the relationship's always, built in the right way. Oh, mate, if, if, you, if, you sack, if you sack someone at work... Do it sometimes, regardless yeah. Regardless of whether they're your best mate or not, they still think differently about you. Uh, I disagree. Or... Mm, I, 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 in fact, I, I, to- I totally disagree because I've been through that exact same situation. Well, and that, and that person has, has felt exactly the same sort of love and respect for you. Well, they haven't spoke to me since, but... (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Sorry. I honestly honestly genuinely think, and I actually think even more so in football, it is easier to do if you're the right sort of people and you have the right sort of respect for each other and stuff. No man in there saying, if the, Sacking is justified, and what I mean by that is, look, look, John, come on, you've lost, you've lost twelve in a row. We've lost them all five nil, mate. I haven't really got a choice. However, you did such a great job with the youth team. You know, we had it built into your contract, so step back down to the youth team, please. We're going to go and it. Like, I think if you're the right sort of people and it's justified, it can work and that can happen. The other alternative is whoever you appoint as the successor of the youth team, you just make sure they're equally as good, if not better. Well, yeah, there is that, obviously. Um, look, I, I think that was that. That's really good. It's a really good conversation. I want to just bring it back, just to finish off with, because obviously, it was a fantastic and a fantastic performance as well. Uh, I'll learn to speak, I promise. Um, at the weekend to beat Portsmouth four-one, I still can't believe it. Um, I, I just, you know. Let's just give the last word to the players, shall we, in terms of how good they were. Because to a man, Danny, you can't fault any of them, can you? Who, Brady? Sally? Danny? We've lost Danny. Sally? He's been silent for so long. He's fallen off his chair. (laughs) Vintage. Vintage mention. The players. You can't fault the players, is what I was saying, Danny. No, no, not since they've taken over, no. Um... It's just been positive, mostly apart from the results up until Tuesday night, isn't it? So they've they're probably knuckled down and they're showing they're responding to him no end. So can't say anything wrong about that at all. Keep it going. Oh, absolutely. We got I mean, Charlton on Tuesday, didn't we? Charlton on Tuesday, yeah. That's uh, that's we get. Who have we got on Saturday? Who do we need to get uh, for the Donny. preview show, Danny? Uh, Doncaster, Doncaster Rovers. Rovers. Oh, we'll be away, won't we? Yeah, away next to you. Yeah, but I enjoyed uh, Brady's comments after the game about them saying, "Oh, Charlton are going to have to beat a little old Northampton, and they won't be worried about us." And a little, little bit of mind games there going in, like that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I wonder how many people would have been happy with Keith Curl calling us little old Northampton. <laughs> Who cares? Fuck Keith Curl. Fuck him. Ah! 
Oh, we're going to get the death stare out for you, Neil, if you keep saying that. The death stare. Uh, James Whiting will be loading up his death stare oh, right now. <laughs> uh, right, I think that's it. That about wraps things up. Thank you very much for listening to It's All Cobblers to Me. We're looking forward to the two games this week, but why not join us in our exclusive Slack community for those? Sign up for as little as £2 a month at patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Danny and I will be back later in the week with a preview show. Don't miss that on Friday. Oh, goodness, it's good to have that winning feeling back, isn't it? Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye. Way! There's the cup. There's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. The Cobblers are going through into Division 1. Bring them on because we deserve it. Cobblers fan and proud owner of Track NN and Cafe Track. Track NN is a social enterprise set up in 2018 to support autistic people to access employment through training, support services and creating opportunities. Research showed that just 16% of autistic adults were in full-time employment and this is something which we are going to change. We opened our cafe on the Market Square in Northampton in January 2019 as a place where individuals could work and develop their employability skills and also be a place where people were free to be themselves. Since opening the cafe in January 2019, we have supported 36 people into paid employment and created over 75 work experience placements and visits for individuals. Since the coronavirus outbreak, we've not been able to open Cafe Track to its full capacity and we've instead taken our offering online. You can help support us by buying coffee virtually at buymeacoffee.com forward slash cafe track. Your money goes to helping us to continue to create opportunities for autistic adults to gain employment. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Podcast Network. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.